It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And here's something, too. Like yesterday, a lot of times... I'll find a chance to do these bonus episodes. So be sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any of those episodes that come out like yesterday when I went out there and did a quick recap of day two. Again, we'll see what happens this weekend as in today. If there's something that happens later on, might do another one of those short ones and maybe Saturday, Sunday, it all depends. Pads going on Monday, and of course, uh, the podcast likely come out around 6. I probably should have released yesterday, yesterday's around 6 instead of like 3 o'clock when people were at work. But I was just like, let me get it out there for the folks that are sitting around at home doing nothing. So, I don't know. Just make sure to go ahead and uh, subscribe on those places so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. We're every single Friday. Like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Go ahead and at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. And I'm not really surprised. Got a lot of questions to get into uh, this week as the Panthers are through two days of training camp. And I'm fired up to answer them, man. I'm excited that we've finally gotten to this point of the season. We're not quite there yet. And that's the one thing about it. It kind of like teases you. Like you, you finally got football. You're seeing them out there. But they're only out in shorts and t-shirts. Monday, the pads come on, and we still have plenty of time until the Carolina Panthers actually figure out who their quarterback is and run out of the tunnel at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte against the Cleveland Browns. Go ahead and start off, though, with Matthew, who wants to know about potential trade candidates here in Carolina, saying, who are some players that you think have a chance of being traded from Carolina? PJ for seventh, maybe, and any others come to mind for you, Julian? Yeah, not really. I haven't thought about this. P.J. Walker being traded would probably be the smartest thing for the Carolina Panthers to do. We look at the quarterback situation. I know I have a question about that later on. I'll answer. But Baker and Sam, through the first two days, are very clearly the two guys competing for the starting job. After that, at least the reps on Wednesday, day one of practice, it was 10 apiece for Baker and Sam. Now, Sam played with the ones. Baker played with the twos. They flip-flopped that yesterday on Thursday. And then I don't really know what the rep distribution was for Matt and PJ. And there's talk that on Saturday, tomorrow at Gibbs Stadium, that they'll try to have those guys also get some time out there with the ones as the fans will be there for the first Saturday of training camp, the back-together Saturday that NFL is doing all across the 32 teams in their training camp. But really, PJ's not getting much of a look. And Matt Corral is seen as a developmental guy. So PJ is the odd man out in all of this. Why not 
try and see if there's a team out there who might be interested, especially depending on how injuries go. We talk about Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold still has a pretty hefty price tag of $18.85 million. The Panthers are going to have to pay some of that and maybe give up an asset to be able to get rid of Sam Darnold. Maybe a team is desperate enough. The Panthers have enough leverage where they don't have to give up anything. But the very likelihood is that they're going to have to pay the majority of that salary in the same way they did with Teddy Bridgewater when they traded him away to Denver last year prior to the draft. And the same thing that happened with Cleveland when they traded Baker Mayfield a couple weeks ago here to Carolina prior to training camp. So I think that's kind of the camp they would be in. But with P.J., not making a ton of money. He's already started. He's proven that he can be a capable backup and come in and start a game or two for you, and you can win with him. Now, the defense has to be spectacular. He's going to give the ball away. That's really no different than the two guys they have in front of him in Baker and in Sam Darnold, who both have 54 and 52 interceptions throughout the first four years of their career, respectively. But, yeah, I would I would actually not hate to see P.J. Walker find a new home and the Panthers could get a seventh or even a sixth round pick for him. I think he's absolutely worth that. And that would be good business by Scott Bitterer and his Panthers front office. If they were able to make that happen as much as I love PJ would love to see him around. Clearly he's not, he does not have a long-term future here in Carolina. Uh, now to Danny who asks, what are the realistic expectations for Robbie Anderson? Would it hurt us just to trade him? He seems like he doesn't want to be here. Haven't heard anything really out of Robbie Anderson so far. Hasn't spoke to the media, whether it was on Tuesday or reported or on Wednesday or on Thursday, the first two days of training camp. Haven't heard a peep out of Robbie Anderson. Not like we're going to get much out of him anyways, just considering what his media interactions have been. I'm not saying that they've been negative. Just a lot of times press conferences can be a fairly useless exercise. I know it's important for the media members there and we're able to get something out of it. But there's not a ton of news a lot of times as far as what's happening. And reporters are thinking the Carolina uh, Panthers media core does a really good job of trying to ask questions and figure out uh, whatever information they can pass along to the rest of us out there who aren't boots on the ground in Spartanburg. But as far as Robbie, I said it back when the tweet that he put out there, I think it was in June, about thinking about retiring. I said it then. It would not put the Carolina Panthers in a good position to have Robbie Anderson, someone who they invested in last year, decide to just up and leave. And it didn't put the Panthers in a good situation where Sean Melvin, someone who's not expected to be a key player, decided to just leave because that hurts the cornerback depth. And it would hurt the, the wide receiver depth to see him just up and leave. And if the Panthers traded him. I just don't think at this point in time, it makes a lot of sense to trade Robbie Anderson. The hope is, I don't know if the expectation is, but the hope is Robbie Anderson can get back to who he was back in 2020 and previous to then when he was with the New York Jets. Last year was by far the worst season he's ever had. We can look at it as an anomaly. That's not been the norm for Robbie Anderson. So my expectations are for him to have a much better season this upcoming year. I don't know whether he'll still be here in 2023. They did push that money down the road, so they might be here. And they, again, invested him a year ago. Not to say organizations can't change their mind on players. I just think the expectations should still be that he's going to be the number two guy and that he'll have a bounce-back season compared to what happened last year playing with Sam Darnold and behind a banged-up offensive line, and he just really struggled with drops and all that other stuff. Uh, let's go to Paul now. He said, hi, Julian. Regularly li enjoy listening to the pod from the UK. Thank you, Paul. We got UK. We got, I think we got Ireland. We got Scotland. We got Australia, Brazil, Canada. We got all over the world. Internationally, you can listen to Locked On Panthers. I thank all those folks out there that listen to the show uh, whenever it's local time for them. Um, he said, interested in what fans in the U.S. think of the international games as the numbers of annual games grow. Are fans okay now? 
that there's a 17th game and accept it to promote the sport globally. Love going to the games in London and have some higher profile games this year, especially Giants Packers is getting a lot of interest. There are occasionally calls for the Premier League to have an extra game played abroad each season, but this is very unpopular with fans. Keep pounding Paul. Yeah, someone who supports uh, a Premier League team, that being Liverpool, I love when they do the U.S. tour. Do I need to see Liverpool playing a regular season match over in the United States? Not necessarily. It would be cool, but it would be a lot cooler to be able to go over there to go see them play at Anfield or any of the historic grounds there in England. Um, but as far as the fans' appetite, I thought it was super cool back in 2019 when the Panthers finally got their uh, London game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against the Buccaneers. It was even better that a ton of Panther fans went there and that they won. We beat the tar off of the Bucks that day. And I know they had the bar during the week. And that was back when I was producing for Kyle Bailey on WFNZ. And Kyle went overseas to go to the game. And he was broadcasting the show live from there until one day it dropped out. I had to do it. Um, from the studios back in Charlotte. But either way, I thought that was super cool that they had what was going on there. And now the Panthers having that marketing relationship with the, with Germany and the NFL and the Bucks being there at Allianz Stadium, I think, in Munich this year. The Panthers eventually are going to play a game in Germany. And I absolutely want to go. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like the, the Premier League, if they did that to come to the U- U.S. and play games abroad, that would be for money. The NFL does this also for money. I don't think the Premier League needs to grow its brand any, any larger than it already is. The NFL is always trying to find new markets. So I'm cool with it. I think it's a great experience for fans. And also, as long as we're not losing a home game, I'm totally good with it. And I, I think that's kind of the case, too, um, now that you have a 17th game. Uh, let's see. Let's take a quick pause here, then I'm going to get back, and then I'll answer more questions, a couple of them about the quarterback situation here in Carolina. So I'll do that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, back to the questions. Got Alex now who asked, Darnold has said he and Baker will compete, but they are cool. Puts that in quotes off the field. Do you think Darnold is trying to set himself up as a long-term backup in the league with his calm demeanor? Do you think the league would even consider him as a backup given his on-field performance? Yeah, Sam Darnold is going to have a future in this league. In large part because of what you bring up, his calm demeanor. That's just who he is personally, and that is a type of, guy and personality that you would be totally comfortable with bringing into your organization. The fact that he was a top three pick has not created any waves off the field or on the field. He'll get an opportunity. Now I've been 
highly critical of this because like Darnold has been terrible as a starting quarterback. And there have been brief moments where it looks like he can live up to the top three billing that he had as a number three overall pick out of USC. Maybe early on last season, some people saw that. If you really watch the film, the All-22, he was missing a lot. And they weren't asking him to do very much. And we saw how it all fell apart when McCaffrey went down and the offensive line was terrible. Like, at some point in time, Sam Darnold's got to be able to overcome what's around him. Yes, he probably has not been put in the best situations through the first four years of his career. But when do the excuses start stop and when is it Sam Darnold's fault? To his credit... He's handled this entire offseason well. I have said that multiple times now. I appreciate Sam Darnold for how he's gone about things. Maybe he didn't need to say, I've proven I'm a good quarterback on Taylor Lewan's podcast, Bustle with the Boys. But you got to have that confidence. He wouldn't be in a situation if he wasn't. He said that too. Like, we don't want to be backups. We would not be here if we didn't have that alpha male personality. Now, we don't see that from him, like, externally. He's not very, he's not a, um, I guess, type A type of personality. Seems like a good dude. I'm rooting for him. As much as you know, someone can root for the guy. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and, yeah, he'll get an opportunity to be a backup. Like, Baker, we'll see. Like, if he loses the job and he's, he's hang, he handles it with class, he'll get an opportunity. But I also thought, like, maybe with Cam Newton. But Cam, you know, he, he has his injuries, and Cam seems to always just step in it. I know he, stepped, he like, tweeted something out the other day saying, you know, know your worth, which absolutely. But, like, buddy, your worth is just extremely diminished at this point. In the NFL, again, I love Cam, not a shot, but just we see how sometimes those kind of personalities don't get an opportunity, and especially players who look like Cam don't always get that opportunity in a second go around. But Baker and I think Sam will both get a chance, especially Sam, but Baker needs to certainly handle it the right way and be able to show like, hey, there's no concern about who I am as a person, which is sometimes exhausting that we even talk about that. Now, another question about Sam Darnold, and this one was a little confusing to me, not like, because of what was asked, was just like, why anyone even feel this way? So Tanner asks, Sam gets a lot of hate from the fan base, some well-deserved. Of course, his on-field performance is what I would expect people to hate on. It's not even hating. It's just being honest. He has not been good. Um, does he deserve respect for how he's handled everything this offseason? Which, I yes, like I just said then, and I've said before, absolutely he deserves respect to be the first guy to reach out to Baker, the dude who they brought in here to take your job, to be bouncing ideas with him off of him day one of training camp to make sure he was invited to the throwing session. Absolutely. The dude deserves credit for the way he's gone about things. Control what you control. And he can't control. He had a chance to control it by playing better, but he didn't play better last season. He didn't show that he was a guy. He didn't take the reins of this position. And so they had to go out there and find some other players and have done that with Matt Corral and Baker Mayfield. I think he's handled it admirably. Now he's still not a very good football player, at least at this level. As a starting quarterback, he has not proven that up to the, up until this point. If he does, fantastic, great for Sam, great for the Carolina Panthers. But then Tanner also says, like he says, like people actually dislike this dude, not just a player. Why on earth would anyone actually dislike the human being Sam Darnold? Why? Like I'm critical of Robbie, not the person, just the player, and calling out the fans and then how everything went down. I have said. I'm totally fine with how he felt about how things happened in Phil against Philadelphia. I'm totally fine with that because that is his job. Of course, he's going to be emotional about it. You would love to see that emotion from Sam, but that's not that kind of guy he is. Everybody I've talked to talks about how great of a dude this is. Like, I don't know. I, like, I play golf. 
I subscribe to this publication called the Golfer's Journal. Really good publication. You guys should check it out, especially if you're a golf fan. Sam Darnold, I've seen him in multiple times, like on their Instagram feed. See, like, I'm just like, that's a guy I would love to hang out with. I feel like if Sam Darnold was just a regular cat walking down the street and I got to know him, I feel like we'd be friends. But me, as someone who has a podcast and has to critique his play, unfortunately, I have to be critical of it. I'm just being honest. He has not been very good. But for fans to be like, they hate, they don't like the person, that's absurd. You don't even know these people at all. You see it time and time again, the kind of guys who get into trouble, who you thought were great. Like Deshaun Watson seemed like the greatest guy in the world. Clearly, there's something amiss there. Until a year ago, no one would have said that. But Sam Darnold, for anyone who like actually hates Sam Darnold, go get a life. Seriously. like What the hell is wrong with you people? Um, okay, moving on after the defense of Sam Darnold, because that's just stuff just honestly pisses me off that people would actually like take it that seriously, that they would hate this dude who's coming out here trying to do his best. No, he has not played well, but seriously, get a life. Um, James said, good morning, Julian. Help me understand the quarterback situation. We know there will be four quarterbacks on the, they will not, excuse me, there will not be four quarterbacks on a final 53 man roster, which makes PJ the odd man out. Correct. Yes. Do you think the team is also shopping Sam? They wouldn't place Matt on the practice squad. Would they, of all the improvements made, the quarterback situation is still completely muddy. Yeah. I mean, they brought in options and that's what they need to do. Bring in competition. That's been the buzzword uh, throughout the first day, two days of training camp. And I'm glad that they did something opposed to last year. And even the year before when they brought in Teddy, and they, the money that they paid Teddy, clearly he was going to be the starting quarterback. And then the money that they gave Sam, well, giving him the fifth-year option, what they gave up to Sam, clearly he was going to be the quarterback. But they didn't push either one of those guys. I don't know whether competition would have helped Teddy Bridgewater, considering he was the same guy he's always been that year. And I'll never understand why people got so mad about his play. And then last year, Sam could have should have deserved to be pushed. He had not proven anything through the first three years in New York that would justify him to come anywhere and to be the odds-on starter. And that's the thing about Baker. And the talk about, you know, someone asked him about the fairness of the reps. He's like, it's not what's fair, it's what's just. It was not just last season for Sam Darnold to step in and to just have the job. Now it is just that there was competition between him and Baker, and then we'll see how things play out down the road. Like, no, Matt Corral not going to the practice squad. There's no way if they cut Matt Corral, he does not end up on another team. They just they cannot risk that. So because they drafted him and they look at him as the developmental guy, they're gonna have to have three quarterbacks on the roster. Yes, PJ's odd man out. Sam, as he's already said, no, they have not tried to trade him. There is no interest in Sam Darnold as of right now. I don't see there being much interest unless the Carolina Panthers are willing to take on the majority of the salary. That but again, if it's just Baker and Matt Corral, do you feel comfortable with that situation with a player? who has the right mentality, who wants to come in here and compete, is glad that he has this competition in front of him instead of the easy route that he took when going to Ole Miss College. I love that mentality, but that does not mean that if Baker gets hurt week one and they traded Sam Darnold away and P.J.'s gone, that he's ready to go week two. So just keep that in mind. And quarterbacks will get injured. Maybe down the road in the season, someone might be interested in Sam Darnold, but right now I just don't see that happening. Um, yeah, so yeah, the quarterback situation certainly is muddied as far as like what's going to happen. There'll be three guys on the roster. Expect that to be Baker, Sam, and Matt, and then PJ to go elsewhere. Hopefully they can get something for him if he is going to be the odd man out indeed. All right, going to take a quick pause here, then answer the rest of your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, got quite a few here, so I'm going to try to run through them as quickly as I can. Going to start off with Rod, who says, I haven't heard much on the Panthers' tight end group. Would the Panthers be better off moving Tommy Trimble to fullback and acquiring a better route runner at tight end? Tommy could be an Anthony Sherman-esque Swiss Army knife at fullback. Ian's development is taking way longer than expected, and Darnold was far more efficient before the Dan Arnold trade. Lack of tight end production is an underrated issue with the Panthers' offense. We can look back at that at that trade and really question why they did that. And I did bookmark something very glad. I remember this. Um, I saw on Twitter the other day, I'm going to go find a tweet, a stat about Dan Arnold and his production so far in the NFL. And I totally did not pick bookmark it. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? But Dan Arnold, apparently in that offense last year in Jacksonville was a pretty solid player. And it makes the Panthers not keep him around look less than a good idea. Uh, I don't have the tweet. Oh, damn, I had it. And I so I thought I I thought I, I thought I bookmarked it. Either way, yeah, letting go of Dan, trading Dan Arnold last year was a bad decision. No one else on this roster has proven to be a capable pass catcher. We can project Tommy Trimble and hope that that can happen. He looked good in the routes that we saw in that highlight tape that whoever the Panthers were throwing session this past weekend. But we've seen in games so far that just has not been the case. Ian Thomas, we waited four years. They still believe in him for whatever reason, so he's going to get an opportunity under Ben McAdoo in his offense. We'll see. Uh, I don't think he should move Tommy Trimble. I don't even know whether McAdoo is going to even have a fullback. There's still – um, oh, God, what's his name? There's still – I got to find his name. Uh, what's his name? Giovanni Ritchie is still here, and I guess he would still be the starting fullback. I, I think Tommy Trimble, they want him to actually be – a pass kicking tight end and a blocking tight end. And it, it just development of tight ends takes a long time. Like all the positions to come in the NFL and try and be successful at right away. That is one that takes a while. So I wouldn't get too caught up in all that, but trading away Darren Arnold clearly seems to be a mistake, especially since we didn't get really anything out of CJ Henderson. But then again, Scott Fitterer said this was not a move for the now, but for later, even though it felt pretty reactionary considering Jason Horn broke his foot right then and there uh, a couple days before the trade was enacted. Um, all right, Colby, who also has a question about tight ends, says, Hey, JC, on Tuesday, Scott said there was a there's competition everywhere, and then he specifically named tight end as a competition. Can you please tell me where the hell that is? <laughs> Since we have no tight ends, do you expect one to surprise us? Yeah, so Ian Thomas is obviously going to start. He's getting paid a ton of money. They drafted Tommy Trimble. After that, you got Colin Thompson, who has been on the roster the last two years, Stephen Sullivan, who was on the practice squad last year, and then you have Josh Babbitt's. Then you have Jared Scott, two to UDFAs. And I'm going to go ahead. Someone asked me later on. I think it was uh, Kyle. He always asked me about, are there any rookie UFAs or UDFAs who I think can make the 53-man roster? And Charleston Rambo is one that people are going to talk a lot about. I have not heard anything out of him. He was really good last year at Miami. It seems like the guy on the fringe who's a wide receiver who would get that would probably be 
C.J. Saunders, especially since he was looking really good, apparently, in the slot on Wednesday afternoon. But the other two guys I thought of were Josh Babbitts and Jared Scott because the tight end position seems to be pretty wide open. Like, Colin Thompson, we sure he's going to make the team again this year? Like, Steven Sullivan, like, do they take four tight ends? Does Richie go back to more of a tight end spot? Like, that's where I would look at someone be, be able to step up. So, yeah, there is competition. Maybe not the top two spots. Like, Trimble, if they ever play, if they play 22 personnel or the main 12 person, whatever, Trimble will be in there along with, um, with Ian Thomas. Just because guy got drafted, guy got paid. You're not getting rid of those two guys. They're obviously going to be the top two. But after that, Babbage and um, Scott are both competing with Sullivan and Colin Thompson. So there is competition there to find out who the third and fourth tight ends are, depending on how many they want to keep. So absolutely, there is competition in that room. Now, for the starting spots, less so. But the other two, maybe one tight end spot, absolutely, there is competition. Still, though, hard to expect anything out of that position group just based off of what we've seen through uh, out of Ian Thomas for the first four years. And when we saw Tommy Trimble last year, you can hope and project possibly that he can take that next step and quarterback play certainly matters. I just have a hard time looking at that as a position group that I'm banking on performing at a high level this upcoming season or even at a league average level. Like the last couple of years, as I mentioned to y'all back during the positional breakdowns, like the least targeted position by far, by a wide margin, the Panthers tight ends than any other team out there in the NFL. Um, Okay, got Jake now. Uh, he says, with Shaq heading into his eighth season, realistically, how much longer does he have in the NFL and or on the Panthers roster? His longevity slash health being the main concern as a linebacker. Had the foot injury last year, missed some time, but when he's been healthy, he's been really good. And Shaq's not Luke. He's not TD. And we waited a long time. I know Panther fans didn't love when he got extended towards the end of the 2019 season by then general manager Marty Herney, but he's been the only consistent guy they had at linebacker since. So, like, what are you going to do? They haven't had someone who stepped up to show that they can move off of Shaq Thompson. Not saying that they want to move off of him. But the next, this season and the next season, they got to figure it out. Because Wilson likely only here for one year, depending on how he plays. Same thing with Corey Littleton. We'll see what happens with Brandon Smith, the young guy out of Penn State. But as of right now, like, Shaq's going to be here again this year. And looking at his contract going into the next season, because they have um, restructured his deal the last two years – they can't get rid of him. What, even if they cut or trade him, like they might say, I think they say $13 million against the cap, but that's $11 million dead cap hit. They're not taking an $11 million dead cap hit, especially when they're already going to kind of be up against it. Because according to over the cap right now, they're $30 million over going into next season. So they're already going to have to try and find a way to maneuver that with Shaq Thompson. So I think he's on the roster at least – well, he's obviously on the roster this season and at least through 2023. Then after that, he's a free agent in 2024. That's when he'll be going into his age 30 season. Like, he's 28 right now. Still pretty young. So, I don't think the Carolina Panthers should be looking at moving off of Shaq Thompson this year or next year. And I, I don't think you're saying this, but I would say he's at least here in the next two years. After that, they can extend to him or the Panthers need to find an answer there at linebacker. Like, next year in the draft – that is where you're looking for a guy in the first round or second round to come in and be ready to go, especially if you don't see enough out of Damian Wilson, Corey Littleton, or Brandon Smith this upcoming season. But even then, I would still say like linebacker will be a position of need um, 
next year in a draft. All right, got Avery now. Said Julian, hope you're doing well, brother, and drinking some great beers, of course. Always, man. Always appreciate you, Avery. I did a little research into who is currently available on the free agent market. I know that we've been linked to Carlos Dunlap, but who on this list do you think might be a good fit for us this year? Of course, Carlos Dunlap signed a one-year, eight million dollar deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mentioned that on yesterday's um, show, reacting to day two of training camp. Not really surprised. It's the Chiefs. He's old. Why not? Uh, but he brings up Trey Waynes, Vernon Hargraves, Carl uh, Nassib, and Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, JPP's still out there, man. Not going back to Tampa. Julio Jones is the buck. What in the world? Um, not going back to Tampa. They didn't get so- Sue back either. I think is, I'm pretty sure Sue is still a free agent. Like, Why not think about those two guys, man? I, I, like, Why not? Especially JPP. I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, Nassib, I'd rather have JPP, uh, Vernon Hargraves, Trey Waynes are both been, I think they're both first round guys that just haven't really panned out. They're young still worth. I think they're worth bringing in, especially after Matt rule said on Thursday that with Rashawn Melvin retiring and JC on the pup list, and we're not quite sure when he's coming back, feels like a thing, not necessarily saying it's a thing, but it feels like a thing. They're going to bring in some corners for tryouts today on Friday. So we'll see who those corners are. I would expect them to sign someone today or by the end of the weekend um, to fill that 90th roster spot uh, so far. And another one here from Jake, who uh, was kind of asking a similar question to Avery, um, said with D Ford recently being released by the 49ers, and he got pretty much was asking should they prioritize prioritize him over Carlos Dunlap? Of course, Carlos Dunlap going to Kansas City, as I just mentioned. Um, does he do I think that Ford would be a fit here in Carolina? D Ford, three years in San Francisco, signed a five-year, $85 million deal. He only played 378 regular season snaps in 18 regular season games. Not the best resume for his recent performance. I'm sure you can get him on the cheap. Uh, I don't know where his health is right now. I would imagine, considering that they just cut him, is probably because of conditioning with the conditioning test that San Francisco did, and they probably don't think he's ready to go, and they're not seeing the burst that they saw when they brought him in over from Kansas City. Sure. Why not? Give him a call. See what you can get from him for him, because he already got all his money anyways. Uh, I, I would say like it's worth the look. I'm not saying that I'm going to prioritize D Ford at this point in time because he's playing the same kind of position that we got Etor Grossmanos playing. And the Panthers drafted Etor Grossmanos in the second round two years ago for the reason for, for the, this exact reason to have him start. So do we want to bring in D Ford to take over his spot? I don't know. But is he worth being in for a camp body? Sure. All right, a couple more. Got Sonny who says, hey, Julian, bet you're excited to see the Mighty Regs back in action in two weeks. I'm excited for Diaz to explode for my fantasy team. Yeah, talking about Liverpool, of course. Actually, dude, they play tomorrow, Community Shield, at Wembley against Man City. It's already here. Premier League starts next Saturday, though. Very excited. He uh, has a quick question from the mailbag. Outside of quarterback, what are the biggest camp battles? For me, it's the linebacker position. I'm very high on Brandon Smith and feel pretty bullish. He's going to be a big help in finally improving versus the run. Keep up the awesome work. Yeah, did talk about camp battles on Monday, but O-line, I think, is really one to look out at. And I talked about this on yesterday's show. We've been talking about depth and competition. Like, the O-line group, 
got Moten on the right side at right tackle. I would um, Austin Corbett's getting paid way too much money not to be the starting right guard. After that, you got Pat Elfline, Bradley Bozeman, um, Brady Christensen, Iki Aquanu, Michael Jordan, who got the first reps at left guard apparently on the first team on Wednesday. Um, Cam Irving, not really, uh, but Cade Mays, Deontay Brown, you got all those guys fighting for the top three spots there on the left side. For center, left guard, and left tackle. Got those three guys in that competition. I love that. So that's the position group I'm looking at as being the biggest competition. I still think at the end of the day, eventually down the road it plays out to be Icky at left tackle, Brady at left guard, center, Bradley Bozeman. But right now, it's open competition, and guys got to go out there and earn their keep. All right, going now to Kendrick. Uh, it says, another week of great content. My guy, solid pre-camp analysis, especially with the guys who need to step up. Thank you, Kendrick. Uh, just wondering your thoughts on adding one more guy. DJ Moore, lots of catches. Oh, sorry. Has had lots of catches, lots of yards, but very few touchdowns. Is it fair to state that he can't be considered a true number one until he hits a minimum of eight to ten scores in a season? Well, we know why DJ Moore hasn't scored touchdowns. It's been because of... Uh, well, the quarterbacks, that's been the main issue for DJ, that he's not had great quarterbacks. He's only had four touchdowns, I think, like basically like every season as a starter. And he had fumbles early on in his career, drops. He did lead the team last year. That's something that needs to be fixed. Like, DJ's a top receiver here in Carolina. He's one of the most underrated guys. We're still waiting to see really how good he is. We know he's good. We're just trying to see if he's, is he great. Is he elite, so to say. And I look at him right now, I was like, no. And with the receiver position, unless you are that, that A1 alpha kind of guy like Julio used to be back in the day, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, you pay that guy a ton of money. Like, DJ got paid exactly what he deserves, and I'm happy he's still here. As far as bringing another wide receiver in, I think they're pretty solid there at the wide receiver position group as of right now. Uh, let's go to – I think I might have skipped over somebody's question, uh, but maybe I didn't. Uh, did I? Did I? Nope, I got James Rod, Colby, thinking out loud here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, here we go. Michael. I did skip over Michael's question. I was like, I knew I missed something. Michael said, if we are able to play mop-up time during game this season, who do you think will slash should take snaps at quarterback? Says, thanks for the great work. I honestly can't listen to the official Panthers podcast anymore. Thanks for your realistic perspective. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You guys go out there, find whatever podcast works for you. I know not everyone's going to love me and love my perspective. That's totally fine. And I appreciate everyone of y'all who listens to the show, whether you actually love me or you hate me and you, you hate listen and watch. And I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you so much. Like, I know people work hard. People try to do the best they can. But again, like, hey, go out there, find what's best for you. I always encourage you to do that. And I'm happy, Michael, that you enjoy this podcast. But that's just kind of my perspective on those kind of things. Um, but yeah, like I, I try to be honest with y'all. Keep it real. However you want to categorize it or characterize it or whatever. Uh, but as far as who in mop-up duty, it needs to be Matt Corral. I don't need to see Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, whoever the number two quarterback is, whoever loses his competition in mop-up duty this year. I want to see Matt Corral. And I would love for the Panthers even to be in a position of mop-up duty where they have the the lead. Not like they're getting blown out, but they have the lead. Like if they have the lead, let's see Matt Corral. If they're getting blown out, even then, let's see Matt Corral. Don't need to see Baker or Sam. Um, depending on who, of course, wins or loses that quarterback battle. All right, final question from Cedric. He said, what's going on, JC? Not much, Ced. Um, By the way, I just heard you on the radio station here in Raleigh. Keep doing your thing, big dog. Yeah, guys, I go on the 99.9 Fan every once in a while. I was on the radio Monday there with my guy Joe Ovius in the afternoon on the OG. 
with uh, Joe Giglio. Those guys do a great job. And also talk plenty of Panthers if you want to check them out. And then I also went on with Adam Gold there, um, who is across the state on 99.9 The Fan. Love going on in Raleigh. Thanks to all the folks out there in Raleigh who listen and who check out the podcast as well. Uh, but Seth's question is, okay, my question for Friday starts with what I think is the most important position on the field. He believes it's a secondary. He played it in high school, and he sucked. <laughs> but since Steve Wilkes is back, what do you think our secondary will look like as far as rank-wise? Yeah, and Cedric said he sucked. I, I'm not the one who said he sucked. He said it. Um, yeah, I talked about this too. Like I thought like this team could become elite. Well, I just go back to what Wilkes said a couple weeks ago when he said he can. He thinks he can make Jerry Chen into an all-pro guy, and that's the next step for Jeremy Chen. And then listening to Dante Jackson on Thursday, he just talked about how Steve Wilkes has that dog in him. And I don't think I've ever heard that about a single coach on this Panthers roster until now. So I love that. We already knew that Steve Wilkes was a hell of a coach. And he got a raw deal in Arizona, and I hope that the legal process works out in his favor because absolutely there is something completely jacked up about him only getting that one opportunity and then being at Missouri last year as a D.C. for Elijah Drinkwitz. Like, that's absurd, man. But I'm happy to have him here. Again, they got to be healthy. If J.C. can play the way that he played, like, it's unrealistic to think he's going to, like, actually be as – unstoppable as he was last year in the first 10 quarters of the season. But if he can keep up a realistic pace of that and Dante can continue to be uh, aggressive in the run game like he was last year, that was a major concern that we had about him. He's been extremely coachable. He's become a leader. If he can do his thing and CJ Henderson can play like a top 10 pick and you got Miles Hartsfield and Keith Taylor is coming up and make some plays and you got Xavier Woods who we haven't, we hadn't seen until Wednesday when he finally reported but uh, he can go out there and be healthy like he did and make the plays like he did last season and chin his chin. Yeah, this can be a top 10 kind of secondary this year. I absolutely expect that to be the case, again, as long as they stay healthy. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. To participate in next week's mailbag, again, make sure to at me at Julian Council or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. But first, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. And be sure to never miss an episode of Locked On Panthers by watching and subscribing to the show on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, y'all, take care. Stay safe, especially if you're heading down I-85 South, which is always under construction like the Carolina Panthers offensive line, according to Matt Rule last year, down there for uh, back together again Saturday at Gibbs Stadium in Wofford. Please, guys, be careful. Have fun. Stay safe. Drink a lot of water. Um, as always, keep Pounding, and I will talk to you on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.